0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy uh, 4th of July. Um, First of all, uh, there's a lot of visitors here today from other states. I don't usually pick out the visitors, but I just want to say we have visitors from Georgia, from Massachusetts, from Pennsylvania, from New Mexico, and... What? Kansas. Kansas, right. Kansas, right. I almost missed Kansas. Sorry. <laughs> That's a lot. Our little state here. I miss anybody that... New York. New York. See? that I... You guys visit from time to time from New York, and good to see you all again. So um, the, the, the bulk of the people here today from out of state, I don't know where our people are, but... <laughs> Well, that's okay, because, uh, you know, it's a holiday, and people go, you know, different places, and then people come here to our little state and our little church here, so God bless you. Uh, Lloyd Pulley from uh, New Jersey wrote this on his uh, post this morning. He said, therefore, John eight thirty six, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. He says, do you know what true freedom is? That It only comes from believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, set free from the slavery of sin and self. How grateful we are to know the freedom only found in Jesus. He says, as we observe this Independence Day, might we remember the biblical truths this great country was founded upon. And recall to mind the sovereignty of our God. He is still upon his throne. And Jesus is still Radically changing lives and setting people free. Amen. I love that Amen. independence. Our freedom comes from Jesus Christ, as Chris mentioned earlier as well. Let's open our Bibles, John chapter twenty-one. Pick it up where we left off, John twenty-one. We talked about <clears throat> Peter and six of the other disciples. They they were out fishing, and and you know we we talked about it in terms of what were they doing out there were they going back to their old ways and sometimes that happens you know we go back to the old ways and and how does that usually work out for us not Not so good it didn't really work out that great for them either they went out they they were out there all night caught nothing but when jesus uh, comes onto the scene and jesus speaks to them he tells them throw your net on the right side of the boat they follow his direction right and what happens Incredible catch. A huge haul of fish. You know, we, need, we really need to, to pray and, and be listening for the voice of Jesus, asking for his direction and trusting him to lead us and guide us. And, and he does. Absolutely, truly, he does. But, but doing it his way is so different from doing it my way. Zechariah, I, I quote that scripture again, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So that's kind of the setting where we pick it up today. Um, Today I'm going to talk about breakfast on the beach. Breakfast on the beach. How many of you have a favorite breakfast spot that you love to go to? A couple of you. The rest of you don't eat breakfast. Breakfast. You know, uh, we we like to do that. There's really not many places around right close by where we live, and it's it's kind of a bummer. But but there's a place in San Diego uh, that that we go to that I love to go to every time, and it is on the beach, and it's called. So these pictures aren't that clear, but it's called Caroline's. Caroline's. It's on La Jolla Shores, and so you can sit right there, and you're you're. You're literally right over the sand, and and you know we go there and, and visit uh, families in in California and and meet up with close friends. This is uh, one of my friends here. Uh, he was the best man at our wedding and and friend for many many years, and uh, he's eaten a lot of food, and that <laughs> that that part right there, that's all mine. See, but it's. It's something very special to have breakfast and to meet with somebody, to break bread with somebody, somebody special. And this is what we're seeing here today in this passage today, that Jesus meets up with his disciples at the beach. Obviously, uh, you know, is there anybody better that you could have breakfast with than Jesus? And he, as we already pointed out, he helps them after kind of a pretty rough night. They were out there and, they, you know, doing their own thing, and they kind of came up empty, feeling fairly useless. And, and I would reckon that they were probably pretty discouraged, right? These fishermen, you know, out fishing, catch nothing. And, and then Jesus shows up, and, and it turns everything around. Things change when Jesus enters the scene, right? And, and that is so true in our lives as well. So let's pick it up where we left off there in uh John chapter twenty one, verse seven. So they they had this huge catch of fish, and then verse seven, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, who's that? John, John. yeah, he doesn't tell you his name there, but he, he wants it to make it clear and And I think too that that it wasn't just him, him being kind of proud of who he was and his position, but I think he just really believed that Jesus loved him. Yeah. And that is even more important. And he said to Peter, he said, "'It is the Lord. It is the Lord.'" And as soon as, soon as Simon Peter heard him say, "'It is the Lord,' he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water.'" John sees Jesus in, in this incredible, you know, at first it says that previously they didn't really recognize that it was him. But after this, this catch, John looks and says, wow, it's Jesus, it's the Lord. And he was just like, his eyes were kind of open to see who it was. He was the first one to recognize that it was Jesus and he calls it out. He says to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. I think a lot of things are happening here in this passage, as we'll see. But I think the first one is that that John is like giving glory to Jesus. It's the Lord. He says, then, he says to Peter, then, when? After this incredible catch, and then he realizes it's Jesus, and he says, it's the Lord who's done this. Don't you see that? It's Jesus who has done this. And gives him the glory for this incredible thing that happened, this miracle, really, that happened. He calls it out. You see, John wanted wanted Peter to know and he wanted everyone to know that that Jesus was there. He was on the scene. He was doing something very radical, something very special. And and, and you know what? I've said this before and I'll say it again and again and again that it's Jesus in my life that has made the difference. It's Jesus in my life who who took me out of San Diego and, and I use that that phrase, can anything good come out of Claremont? Claremont is a part of San Diego. And can anything good come out of there? No. But when Jesus enters your life and and, and you say, it's the Lord, I say, it's the Lord. I tell my family members that over and over and over again. I I got some news yesterday, uh, you know, just, you know, very, very sad news, One, uh, you know, my one of my brother's uh a daughter uh thirty three years old she ran out into the street uh and got hit by a car and died in the street thirty three years old she has three kids and alcohol you know her she was fighting with her brother and they were, you know, 2.30 in the morning, very, you know, not a good situation, not a good scene. You know, and I bring that up not, not to, you know, for, for sympathy or anything, but, but to say that Jesus can change a life. Jesus, I could have been just like them. I was just like them. In fact, in some ways, I still am just like them. But Jesus in my life makes all the difference, you see. Jesus, it's the Lord, he says. It's the Lord. What, what happens after that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a cool thing. And I, I found this picture and I really kind of love it because, it, you know, that, that's Peter. Yeah. Right? It says he, he, he said as soon as he heard John say that, he, he got his cloak wrapped around him and he jumps into the water. He says, I am going for it. There's action here. There's activity. There's, there's something going on in, in this guy, Peter, right? We're going to see it next week as well when Jesus kind of goes through the, the three steps of restoration. But there's something obviously going on in this life. He was kind of like that anyways where he was very impulsive and very, you know, he would just go for it. But, but people hear what we say, you see. It says there that when he heard John say that, his eyes were open and he jumped. One version says that he plunged into the sea. You see... You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, we, we talk about what's going on, on in our lives. We, we, you know, it's Jesus in my life, and maybe someone will listen. Maybe someone will actually hear you say that about your life. You know, I, I, I was set free by Jesus. Jesus changed me. Jesus is real in my life. And, and maybe, just maybe, that it's going to affect them. Some way, somehow. It did here. But Peter, he took action, and, and, you know, it's like, forget about the fish. And, and he took action, and he, like, went directly towards Jesus. You know, there's a word that's called repentance. Amen. Any of you ever heard it? This word, it, you know, it, it almost, I think it's a bad rap, you know, repent. You know, it's like a bad word or something. I think it's one of the most beautiful words in all the Scripture. Why? Because it's turning from one direction towards Jesus, towards God, it's turning back to him, you see. And that's what I think is happening here with Peter. He's like going directly with act, action, with force to get to Jesus. Anything that he could do to get to Jesus. That's a powerful picture, isn't it? The word uh, literally means to cast. It's the same word that Jesus said when he said, "'Cast your net on the right side of the boat.'" It says, uh, Peter, he cast himself into the water. And, and, you know, you wonder, you think about this, you know, uh, maybe he had memories uh, of, of the time where Jesus was on the water and he stepped out of the boat to get on the water. I don't even think he was thinking about that. Some people think maybe he was expecting to walk out of the water. But I think it was more like the picture where he was just diving in. There's an old Stephen Curtis Chapman song that says, Sink or swim, I'm diving in. Sometimes, you know, you and I, we need to take steps to do what we need to do to get to Jesus, to to spend our lives with Him in our lives. And so often we're not willing to take any kind of, you know, steps at all. We just let everything around us dictate what our lives are going to be like. Yet we could be taking steps to to strengthen our walk with Jesus and, and walk with Him each and every day. Are you ready to jump in? Are you ready to take action? Are you ready to turn back to Him? Maybe you're, you know, you've been going this other direction and, and you're off on your own doing your own thing. Maybe you need to make this, this move and say, I'm going for, I'm going, I'm going to Jesus. That's the, that's the way, the only way, truth in the life, right? Look at verse 8. You say, what about these guys? The other disciples, they followed in the boat toying the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. So, well, they didn't jump in the boat, they didn't jump in the water, you know, to get to Jesus, but, but they still went. You know, everybody's different. Now, everybody's not going to be like Peter, and everybody's, you know, not going to be like you. Everybody's not going to be like me, thank God. We're, we're all different. We all have different personalities and different ways of doing it, but, but the fact of the matter is we're still making our, our direction is to Jesus. Our our focus is is to Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on Him. They, you know, somebody had to had tow in the net, right? It was full of fish. Somebody had to bring it in. Somebody had to bring it to the shore. But look at verse 9. I I love this, I love this picture as well. Uh, Verse 9, it says, When they landed, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. When they landed, they saw this fire burning coals. There was a fire there where Jesus was. You see the picture I'm thinking of? Where Jesus was, there was this fire, and Jesus was keeping that fire burning. And that's the fire that we want and need. Not the fire of the world. The world's on fire, all right, but it's the wrong kind of fire. It's what the Bible calls strange fire. There's a lot of fire, uh, you know, all around us, but it's not the right kind of fire. But Jesus has the right kind of fire, and that's the fire that, that brings life, that, 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 that gives us the, uh, you know, motivation to, to keep following and, and walking the walk and, and following after Jesus Christ. What about the memories for Peter when he sees the, the, the little fire there, the, the burning coals? Wonder if he had any memories? Wasn't that long ago, was it, when he was at a fire burning coals? And what was he doing there? Denying the Lord. Yeah, denying the Lord. We'll talk about that some more. But, but again, uh, Peter he made that move. It's kind of cool. He's got the fish there already. He's got the bread there. He's got it all prepared. And and again. Uh, this idea, well, we need to go out and fish because we need to take care of ourselves and that. But Jesus had called them to, to be fishers of men and, and follow me and, and meet me on this mountain. And, and, and yet they're out there. But Jesus could take care of them wherever they are, right? And, and I think it's just a real picture of the, the idea that Jesus is going to provide for us no matter what. He's going to take care of us no matter what. He goes ahead of us. How many of you like seafood? I just want to show you this because it's kind of exciting. <laughs> this is this is uh, what they call uh, Saint Peter's fish. If you go to the Sea of Galilee, there's there's restaurants around the Sea of Galilee, and you and you can see it'll it'll be on the menu. Saint Peter's fish. Why it's his fish, I have no idea. But this is the way you get it too, with the head and the tail and everything's there. You got to kind of <laughs> you kind of eat around it. I think you had that, didn't you? Did did we go to the Sea of Galilee? Maybe we didn't we did. Well we did, but I, I don't eat fish that look like that. He don't, he don't <laughs> eat fish that look like that. Oh, it does look a little scary. But it does taste good for those of you who like seafood. Some people don't. It's actually a form of tilapia. Anyways, Jesus had the fish and the bread there, you know. They were out there uh, getting the fish and he didn't he didn't really need their help. Right? Jesus doesn't really need our help, but, but he says to them, look in verse 10. He says to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So he, he allows them to bring some fish. Did he really need them to? No, he didn't. But, but he, he will you know, uh, use the, you know, our, our lives to bring about uh, different things. Of course, the fish that they had caught, they didn't catch them, but with his help. Of course we know that true too, too as well. But but what I what kind of sticks out to me and this 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 Bible I have up here doesn't have the red letters, but but when Jesus speaks, things happen. When when Jesus you know gives direction and, and, and at his word, they you know he told them, throw your net on the right side. You know, and and incredible things happen. Now he says to them in verse 10, bring some of the fish you just caught. And so they they bring it. Look at verse 11. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Now Peter, you know, it says earlier they couldn't even get this net into the boat. There were so many fish and now Jesus speaks, and guess what? Peter now just goes and, and climbs aboard, and he drags this whole net in by himself, it appears. He's like Superman or something, superhuman strength, but, but, but they couldn't do it before. But you see, something's different when Jesus tells him to do it, and that is the difference. I believe that's the difference, because Jesus... Told him to do it. Jesus gave him the strength to do it. Gave, gave him the ability. Gave him the opportunity. And, and so, so often it's with us that when, we, when Jesus says, I want you to do that. And we're saying, I can't do that. Jesus said, yeah, I know that. Right? That's what he says. No, of course you can't do it. But with my help you can. And, and because I'm asking you to step out. Step out on the water. It's like when, when Peter you know, uh, got out of the boat to walk. He, he says, if it's you, Jesus, ask me to come to you on the water. And guess what? He said, come. And Jesus you know, called him out, and he went and, got on and walked on the water. He couldn't do it without Jesus. But he began to look around, and what happened? He began to sink, right? Because he thought it was himself. Think of a guy like Samson. He had... Incredible strength. But where did he get his strength from? He got it from the Lord. 153 fish. Why, why, why is the number, you know, given to us? Some have come up with all these kind of numerological, you know, uh, uh, theories. Well, you know, it's it's the number of this, it's the number of that. I think it's just 153 just to show that this was a lot of fish. A lot of very large fish. and And even so, the net was not broken. It wasn't split. It wasn't torn apart. It wasn't severed. The word is schizo. It wasn't broken up. Why? Because the Lord was holding it all together. And that is true in our lives. is true. The Lord holds my life together. I, I can uh, clearly say I can't hold my life together. I just, I can't. But the Lord is, can hold my life together. And he's been doing it for 45 years. It's the Lord. That's what I'm trying to say. Hello. It's the Lord. It's Jesus in my life. It's Jesus in your life who's going to hold your life together and, and, and that your net, that you won't be broken apart, torn all to bits and, because Jesus is there and he's holding it together. He's holding them together. Look at verse 12. Jesus said to them his word again. He said, come and have breakfast. Oh, I love that. Jesus is saying, can you imagine that? Jesus is saying, come and have breakfast. Hey, let's go out to breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Why? Because they knew it was the Lord. They knew it was Jesus. They knew it was Jesus doing this in their lives. The the word for come there, when he says come and have breakfast, is is, uh, literally translated as come now. It's got that kind of, uh, you know, force to it. Come now. It's ready. In other words, you know, when you're making a meal, he says, you call the kids and dinner's ready. And and, uh, then they don't come. What happens next? You start getting a little anxious. Dinner's ready. You know, he wasn't yelling at them like that, but it was that kind of intensity. It's come and have breakfast. Come and meet with me. Come and be with me. Come and share a meal with me. Come and break breakfast with me. And I think he's still saying that same thing today to you and to me. Oh, it might not be a fish like that. Some of you go, great. But it's still a meal. It's a fellowship meal, you see. It's the same word used in Matthew chapter 11 when Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's the same word. He says, come to me, please. Will you come to me? In John chapter 1, he says, come and see. In chapter 7, he says, come and drink. And now here he says, come and eat. Come and dine. Come and have breakfast with me. Why? Because he's the Lord. And and he wanted to to have that uh, time with them. Verse 13, Jesus came and he took the bread and he gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This is kind of a familiar scene, isn't it? Thinking back to the, the time where Jesus you know, fed the 5,000 and he fed the 4,000 at another time and, and, he, and he provided and he, and he took the bread and fish and he, and he provided for them and he, and he met with them. But, but not only that, Jesus was actually here serving. Do you think he was giving us an example? I think so. In fact, he spoke about it a number of times. Mark 10, he says, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He he came to serve, and this is exactly what he's doing. He's serving them the bread and the fish. Jesus washed their feet. John chapter 13, he said, You should do as I have done for you. And you'll be blessed if you do them. Do we want to serve other people or do we want to be served? He says that we'll be blessed. We follow his example and serve other people. And Philippians Paul said that 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 Jesus being in very nature, God didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And and earlier he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus that he served. There's a joy in serving other people, you know. There's something special about it. And not, not so that we get credit for it, but just serving other people. There's something about it. It's not something our flesh always wants to do. Finally, we're going to finish here in verse 14. It says, this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, this is the third time he appeared to them as a group. And the third time here in the Gospel of John we saw it uh, in chapter 20, the last chapter, and uh, he appeared to the group, right, and, and then he appeared to them again uh, when Thomas was with them. The pre- those previous two times, uh, he said to them, uh, can anybody remember his, his, the phrase that he used uh, with them? Peace. Peace be with you. Those two times. Now, this is the third time, and, and he has breakfast with them, and, and, and what better company could it be? And one, one other thing I want to mention that we see in the book of Revelation, there's also uh, a time where we'll be with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and that's going to be an incredible feast, uh, uh, everything that you could ever, ever imagine. So it's kind of like an invitation. I think it's kind of a standing invitation uh, for you and for for me that 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 we would uh, meet with him, that we would have time with him. Maybe it's a breakfast invitation. Maybe it's something before breakfast. For most of us, many of us, it's before breakfast. For some of you, it might be you know before you go to 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 sleep. But but he wants to spend time with you. Maybe it's at lunchtime. I used to work in a. A place, And I used to go out into my car and have lunch and have uh, a time, uh, you know, in the word and in prayer uh, in my car just uh, for a half an hour there. Uh, wherever it is, whenever it is uh, t- that Jesus will meet with you. And he has grace and he forgives and and that that maybe it's repentance that turns us back to him but but whatever but but in the end what is it it's it's the lord it's jesus that's what it's all about it's all about you we used to sing a song it's all about you and it really really is it's not just a song it's the truth it's really all about jesus and for you and I to have a relationship with him and to walk with him day after day that's what life is that's what real life is. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, shall we?